back and welcome once again to uh the quote-unquote oscars morning show even though we're recording this on the saturday afternoon the day before oscar sunday and hopefully getting it out by saturday evening uh well this is mike mike and oscar thank you for checking in i'm your co-host mike one this is co-host also mike yeah as promised we're going to spend the back half of this episode talking about scream six of course (laughs) because it came out during oscars week what the hell but we saw it together Uh, it was it was a fun time at the movies Mm -hmm. with the with my buddy there and yeah we got away in on scream six we did mmo screams last year michael and this movie just picked the worst timing to come out, at least in that sense. It made money. How dare Paramount do that? They have to know about us by now. They should have known better. Yeah. I agree. But 43.5 million reasons to, to come out this week, I guess, in their minds, even though, again, it's selfish. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's on them. How dare they? Uh, but, yeah, that means, uh, you know, Scream 7 is no doubt a, a full go. I think they already greenlit it, if my memory is serving me correctly, but I don't remember. But, yeah, we will be talking about Scream 6 at the back half of this Oscars morning episode. Uh, so stay tuned for that. It will be a, a non-spoiler conversation, but we will be spoiling some last-second news and updates about the Oscars in the first half of this episode. Let's talk about uh, some last-minute Oscar stories that are going down. Yeah, just two quick ones for you, Mike. Number one, I'm just curious about how many advertisements you're seeing. Because I'm seeing a ton of ads for the Oscars. Jimmy Kimmel, it's on ESPN, it's on, you know, during the Big East Tournament, it's on mm-hmm. uh, the Ringer Podcast Network every episode. I'm I'm seeing a ton. Do you think they're they're publicizing the Oscars well enough for your taste? I have seen it a lot. I also just saw that story that the Hollywood Reporter dropped late Friday night, I think it was, saying that they, the Academy, or uh, ABC rather, sold out their allotment of uh, advertising slots during the Oscars programming. And mm. based on last year's numbers, the theory was that they were going for about $2 million per 30-second spot during the Oscars for last year's show. So you got to figure a bit of an increase this year. That's got to be good news for ABC and the Disney company-wide. Uh, I I love that news. That's terrific. Uh, yeah. And then I'm looking at these numbers for SAGs and Indie Spirits because I've kind of been monitoring them, Michael, as a second story here. And I thought they looked good. And then you just dropped your trousers and took a poop on, on the parade. <laughs> well, I don't we... know how to judge that. Like, a million viewers to me is not that impressive, especially in the YouTube realm, except that... You know, if you do it apples to apples versus when the SAG Awards were on TNT or TBS, and I just looked up the last year of Conan on TBS, what he did per episode, and he was averaging about 282,000 viewers per episode. So we have the 12-day total of SAG airing on Netflix's YouTube channel, and it's at 1.7 million viewers. 800,000 after the first night, you said. I, I guess that's good. That's a reason to be happy, right? I guess. Who knows how long they're watching. Maybe they have the metrics we don't. But 1.7 million for somebody who clicks on that, I'm guessing most of them stay with it. It's I wonder. Be good. I wonder how big that number would be if that. I mean, the the moment that went viral was Aubrey Plaza and Jenna Ortega doing their shtick, which we highlighted. And it was a good laugh. But even if you go on the YouTube replay of that show, that's the most replayed moment of the entire SAG Awards show. I wonder how many people would be clicking on the show in total if it wasn't for that moment. If they knew they couldn't seek out that moment. The uh... 
what's his name from uh, Coors to Banquet Beer? Sam Elliott. <laughs> Sam Elliott. Yeah. Sam Elliott got two point five million on his clip as well. So I think the clips oh, are okay. available, Michael, and the clips clips being available. But the fact that they're still clicking on the main show seems like a good sign to me. I'm just I'm not a doctor, but it seems like one point seven million is is a bigger number than you know eight hundred thousand. So that's that's, that's a good thing. It's a bigger number than 111,000, too, which is what the Indy Spirits did. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Now, that number compared to the Conan stuff, that makes some sense. So late night TV, that makes some sense. Mm-hmm. I just feel bad because Hassan Minaj is a big name, and yeah. you know he, he he's hosting that show. I watched I watched most of it. I, I, caught, I came in a little later. I, I have to go back and rewatch the beginning. I may do that tonight just to just to hang out with award shows. For this is the last week of award shows. We're uh, after this. We're like Mike, Mike and Marty and Scream MMO Scream. What are we doing after? The, we don't even know. We're doing Mike, year preview. Mike and Optimus Prime. Uh, Mike, Mike and Prime. <laughs> is that a? Is that what a, a terrible trailer that was? Terrible, terrible. <laughs> How dare you even suggest that to me? We have to do it. Now. No, we're not that doing was, it. That I veto. Was such a bad I trailer. have veto power. I ve- we could do that movie if you, you want. You could veto movie. it if you want. I'm doing it. I'm not reviewing all those movies ever. Terrible movies. Worst, the worst. Yeah. But okay, so yeah, conflicting uh, signals. I would say for the Oscar ratings, but. We're hopeful, and I, I talked to a Christine uh, Erling Biro on Pop Culture Confidential, Michael, and uh-huh. we were discussing the ratings and hoping that they would go up and begging the gods, whatever gods may be listening, in whatever language we may know. I think about, that's just Denzel at this point when it comes to the Oscars, the about, god of the, the Academy. Yeah, we well, need I, the, like, the Academy like needs to win. I'm sorry. That's what we just well, they have to, win. right? Like Scott said when we talked to him on this show, I mean, if they don't, it's time to to really worry and, and sound the alarm about what's going to go on with the Oscars. I, I I agree with you that ABC selling out their advertising slots can be nothing but good news. If advertisers have that much faith that the audience is going to be there to reach, then, I, you know, we always got to follow the money in these types of things. So... Fingers crossed, I think, is the best way to uh, to go with this. And with the advertising that ABC has done for this show, I've seen a lot of, you know, this is going to be the a very unique program. We're going to do something very entertaining. It's going to be a, fun, a lot of fun. They are doing their best to hype it up. So mm. I'm, I'm curiously optimistic. I'm hyped. And I'm hyped to the point where I want to have a good time watching it. And here's what I'm telling everybody. Like, I'm watching it by myself. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, I'm telling my, my, my family, I'm telling friends, I'm watching this thing by myself because I just want to sit down, enjoy it. I don't want any, anybody talking trash behind my ear. I don't want to, I don't want to go over a party. It's a work you night for me. just want to absorb it. Yeah. I, yeah. And I don't, I, no offense. I don't want you and me because you and me will just be like talking BS. We did that right. before. Yeah. Well, we've, we've to be that. fair, though, I did have my funniest joke I've ever made one night. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. fun. Oh, my God, people. You had to be there. You had to be there. It was so funny. It was about Robert De Niro and Joaquin Phoenix. The funniest, the hardest I've laughed in my life. I When you mentioned it, the belly laugh, the guffaw, it came up and my belly rumbled several times over. So, yes, you're right. That was a great joke. Thank you for that. That's all I care about. That's fine. You can watch it wherever you want now. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Like, I, I, I don't want to be influenced. Like, I think it's a good idea, uh, and I do want to absorb it. And I am curious. 
And this is how we take in movies lately too, right? Like we kind of take in movies on our own and then we look to see how the crowd is accepting them or not. And we always find ourselves in the minority. So like I said, I'm curiously optimistic. I'm not calling myself hyped up because I feel like if I get like really excited at this point, I'm just going to be let down. It's dangerous to get hyped up. That's right. Yeah. We basically follow the mantra of the wedding. What was it wedding crashers? If If you get your hopes up, that's when... That's when life fails you. Something like that. I forget. It's, it's wedding crashers. They're, you know they're right. Right. It's the wisdom of Vince Vaughn. And when it's that failed, any of us. Uh, we can update some gambling lines going into Oscars Sunday. Oscars uh, programming tonight, if you're listening to this on Sunday, or tomorrow if you're getting this early on Saturday night here. Yeah, I reached out to David Long this morning via Twitter, and it was after I you know, address some of the numbers. And I was like, wait a minute. He might just know off the top of his head what's good and what's bad. So I'm going to read you guys, or Mike and I will both read you, David's message. And please do follow him at one David Long, number one David Long on Twitter, uh, as he will keep you posted on all the late line movements from Oscars morning through Oscars evening there. And he started out with everything everywhere all at once, which he says is very strong in the market. All quiet is now out to 16 to one. Uh, Fraser is weak in the market. Butler is shortening in a few books. So best actor is going more towards Butler there. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is shortening up. And Blanchett is on a small drift with Andrea Riseborough as big as 66 to 1 and Anna Diarmas at 100 to 1. Otherwise, Jamie Lee Curtis doing very well with Bassett being weak, according to David. I'm curious as to how weak he thinks Bassett is because from where I look, Bassett is still, I mean, she's a plus number, but she's still the leader, uh, the betting favorite in the sporting actress category. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, the boy, the mole, the fox, the horse, the turtle, the dove. It's weak in the market. It was minus 300. It's now down to minus 200. That, again, is you have to pay $200 to get $100 of profit back. Elvis has plenty of money coming in in cinematography. Uh, it's gone down. It's shortened from plus 650, which is bet $100, win $650. It's all the way down to plus 300 now, or 3 to 1 odds in pretty much every book there. Black Panther is weakening. It's drifting out in costume, going from about plus 150 to 2 to 1 now, or plus 200. Finally, the whale is weak in makeup and hairstyling. Five to four, out to seven to four. Elvis, David says, looks solid there. And essentially, Elvis is looking strong in both makeup and hair and costumes. Uh, it's also seen support in cinematography, like he just wrote, and production design, and for Butler as well. Can you imagine that, Elvis with five, Michael? Uh, yeah, I can't imagine that. Not only can I imagine that, I'm, I think I'm predicting it once we get into our oh pick my changes. God. <laughs> but, da- but David said, they listen to our pod, the money's down, the, bo- the books <laughs> suggest a good night, and a good night for Elvis, That for that matter. So, to recap, best picture, uh, director, original screenplay, actress, supporting actress Michael, all going towards everything, everywhere, all at once in Las Vegas. That justifies why everything everywhere has become more entrenched as a heavier favorite in best picture it's now at about minus 1000 meaning it's it's one to ten you got to bet ten dollars just to win one dollar a profit on it or a thousand to win a hundred back uh director also minus 900 all the way out to minus 2000 or minus 2500 meaning you got to bet 2500 dollars for a hundred dollars of profit uh but it's still short of the heaviest favorite of the books right now which is pinocchio which we kind of talked about expecting that to get more drifted farther and further and further and have short or longer and longer or i guess shorter and shorter in this case odds uh heavier favorite at odds pinocchio minus 5,000 to minus 10,000, meaning you got to bet like 100 bucks to win $1 of profit if you want to bet on Pinocchio, an animated feature. 
Should you just put your whole bank account on Pinocchio, though? Because you'd win something. I don't see how that gets upset. I don't. I wouldn't bet on it straight up, but like we talked about in the episode with David last episode, the, our gambling preview and Oscars predictions, throw it in a parlay. I mean, it's not going to do much for the odds if you're allowed to parlay these things, but, you know, I, I don't see how that loses. But, no, I don't think there's a lot of, I mean, there's nothing to, you know, you're not going to win any money if you bet it straight up. All right, talk to me about screenplays, though, because be, the most tempted I was to change one of my picks was in both of the screenplays, really, but especially original screenplay. So original screenplay, Everything Everywhere has taken... This was a virtual tie last episode. Both Everything Everywhere All at Once and Banshees were about plus 110. It was kind of a coin flip there. But now Everything Everywhere takes a slight lead over Banshees in most books we looked at. Uh, If you shop around, maybe you could still find Everything Everywhere at plus 110. Bet $100, win 110 if it wins back. But you're more likely to find it in that minus 125, minus 150 range. You're paying a VIG there most times if you want to bet on everything everywhere all at once in the original screenplay category. Banshees, you could still find at about even money. Bet a dollar, win a dollar if it wins. But you can find it drifting as far out as uh, plus 150. Bet 100, win 150 back. Banshees is tempting to me there because your logic is sound. Martin McDonough is a guy they want to award. The Banshees of Inna Sharon is like a best picture runner-up, perhaps, or at least that was the conception of it. My biggest issue with that category remains the fact that we might get a vote split down the card, because a lot of the anonymous ballots, not that those necessarily mean a whole lot to me, they're fun to read, or just you know i rage at them because i really despise the voters in some cases but they're oh <laughs> but they're always engaging to read let's say and scott's got two of them now out on uh on a hollywood reporter for that matter clayton's got some out and thompson had one out this morning i read every single one of them but they are talking about todd field and and tar being a very formidable well-liked person in in the academy and maybe he is getting as many votes in the screenplay category as martin mcdonough would so i'm thinking that because banshees of because everything everywhere is on this momentum kick in original screenplay i'm i'm thinking it stays that way but i would not be surprised i would not be surprised either one of the screenplays goes in, in, in a few directions are you switching i am not switching i'm not switching essentially michael i am looking at I am looking at my cards here. Mm-hmm. And in Austin Powers, when he sat at the blackjack table, <laughs> he got his cards and the dealer said, five. Yeah. And he goes, I'll stay. I said, I also like to live dangerously. I suggest you hit, sir. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. The the, the world is saying, I suggest you just, <laughs> I suggest you hit, sir, you idiot. And I should. I should change my picks. I'm not changing a single pick today. I'm an idiot. I'm changing one. I like. I. I mean, if I had any guts, I would change original screenplay to Tar. I, it's just, man, it's a great year for everything everywhere to be where it is because the big traditional Academy movies, which I guess are Tar, even though that's not even really a traditional Academy like movie, because it's a very present day and about present uh, issues and conversations. And more so, All Quiet on the Western Front, which didn't get any momentum until late, late, late in the season. Its biggest competition, Everything Everywhere, has been Banshees, which is an equally weird movie. It's a good year for Everything Everywhere. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to stick with Banshees and original screenplay. I'm not switching either. We probably both should, but it's still such a weird movie to 
win three acting categories, best picture, director, and screenplay. I, I will be surprised if, if you like, look, if you put a over under on everything, everywhere, all at once, and this was not like to hedge your bet. You just have to win this bet. What over under would you give me for everything, everywhere? You have to, you have to win this bet against me for everything, everywhere, all at once. It is going to win. I'm the house and I have to win against you. And I'm giving you the over under is what you're saying. Yes. Everything everywhere, four and a half, five and a half, probably between the, those two. I'm debating those two. Those are the two numbers. Yeah, probably five and a half. Well, I think it wins five. I, I, I mean, that's I might just say five and force you to pick. Yeah, I would pick. I, I, I have it winning five as well. So that didn't. Ha- this exercise did not help us. <laughs> Shame me to add lib and exercise. <laughs> But, we, but if you all right, so if we got to put if it's a roulette table and we got to put we got to bet on a number one through eleven, <laughs> we're betting on five. Yeah, put the most chips on five. Sprinkle a couple on six. You know, I forget the roulette thing. You just bet how many everything everywhere is going to win. You bet in five. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, that's that's my total that I ended up on. And part of that is when we came out of our Oscars predictions, I actually had it winning six, but I am changing one pick today, and it is in lead actress. And we'll talk about those odds changing in lead actress. Michelle Yeoh is shortened in a couple books, but she's actually drifted in one. Still, she's pretty universally the front runner. Her odds are as heavy as minus two hundred, which means bet two hundred to win one hundred back. She's a one to two favorite there but uh blanchett can still be found with a vig in a few books meaning you still have to pay negative money or pay above uh to win money back but more generally you can find kate blanchett in the plus 150 range which is still an implied win probability of about 40 percent or so so it's a little worse than a coin flip right now for kate blanchett's odds and yet uh i'm i'm switching my pick to kate blanchett you so see you're going with lydia tar after all this time yeah I was very tempted to go with the momentum of Michelle Yeoh. I still think it's a toss-up. But, uh, yeah, I had Blanchett, and I could see that. Where I don't have a Banshees representative, that's what's really bothering me right now. Because in supporting actress, Bassett has drifted, Curtis has shortened, Condon has drifted a teeny tiny bit based on uh, what I can see. What do you, what did you have? Because I mangled a lot of these numbers you said. Yeah, no, I, I, I those are the numbers I put there for you in, uh, in your copy there. So that's pretty much what's current. Bassett's about plus 163. Curtis is about 125, 140, 163. You could find Curtis and Bassett essentially are tied. Bassett has more, more often occurring as the lead in the category, looking at all the books. Condon is solidly in third, but she's still in that plus 175 to plus 250 range. You're not going to find her any worse than that. So those three are really, really tight. And if you take those three women's odds, which appear most often in the books, that would be Bassett at plus 125, Jamie Lee Curtis at plus 150, and Carrie Condon at plus 225. That's Vegas saying essentially that no nom in this category has a better than 45% chance to win. So no nom is better than a coin flip or even at a coin flip level in supporting actress. Bassett's implies uh, implied odds of victory are 44.4%. Jamie Lee Curtis is 40%. And Carrie Condon's is just under 31% implied odds of victory. Do you think they've doctored these numbers? Because there's no favorite in this category or is that is is that the the parlance of this what, it, pretty much called? yeah okay. there's a betting favorite just because bassett has the shortest odds but yeah there's no you're not paying a vig there's nobody that's over 50 percent chance to win implied out of victory so do you think those numbers are just cover their ass numbers 
oh yeah, they have no idea what's gonna what's gonna happen. And I mean, that's kind of goes in line with what we've said all season about supporting actress. And part of the re- I'm sticking with Jamie Lee Curtis. Part of the reason I'm not changing it is because. And part of the reason I did change lead actress as well is because I want to pick Jamie Lee Curtis. And if she wins, I want to be on that train. But I don't think Everything Everywhere is going to win direct picture, director, screenplay, and three acting categories. It would be the first movie to ever do that. So I have to sacrifice somebody somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I, I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis is going to win, but I want to pick her. But because I don't, because, because I'm not predicting the, all those wins for Everything Everywhere, I'm sacrificing Michelle Yeoh's pick for me. A lot of these stats are constricting, aren't they? It feels like we box ourselves in with these stats, and yet we have exceptions to the rules going into the evening, and we know it's going to be different because it's a hard 10 for only the second year in a row. That changes some of the calculus. We know that uh, the BAFTAs and the order of the awards was weird this year. The BAFTAs mm-hmm. were weird this year. We Well, I guess we think they were weird, but they were very different than every other award show. And, and and that is is throwing me for a loop right now. And Vegas paid them no mind in in a couple of categories either. I exactly, mean, they just threw their hands up. Look, I mean, you've said this previously, and I actually had this conversation with Matt Negley of Next Best Picture just earlier today on Twitter because he's kind of pounding the drum, saying, you know, be on the lookout for everything everywhere and original score, and that's the stat that David came to us with last yeah. episode. And I think you and what you've said, like. Those kinds of records are made to be broken. I mean, I remember I, I threw I threw bombshell out there when Scott was on our, our show a couple of years ago and how no Best Picture nominated movie that was also nominated in Makeup and Hair had ever lost to a non-Best Picture nominated Makeup and Hair, a non-Best Picture nominated movie in Makeup and Hair for 22 years until it happened with Bombshell a couple of years ago, beating out both Joker and uh, I forget the other one off the top of my head right now. But I mean, like those types of streaks and records... They remain to be broken. I think, though, three acting acting awards and then the big three sweep. Look, I know a lot of the you can make the argument a lot of the Academy doesn't pay attention to like you know Oscar records. Mm-hmm. I, I they have to know the three acting award one, don't they? They I mean everyone has to know that if you're in the industry. I you just said it, and I don't still get what you just said. So no, I don't think they know anything. <laughs> they barely know what people are in what movie. Fair. <laughs> but ultimately, I think if you're going to sprinkle, like that's a cool stat to sprinkle something on because 33 to 1 is a fun bet yeah. to have. Oh, yeah. Anything could happen. Absolutely. Amy Smith from NBP Tech uh, messaged us this morning, say mm-hmm. she got 40 to 1 on everything everywhere and she showed me the stubs. So that's Look, like, that's a fun way to live your Oscars night, isn't it? Her happened, right? A couple years ago, 66 to 1, 50 to 1 in some books. Like that original song thing happened. So, like, anything could happen. <laughs> Who won the SAG from that movie? <laughs> she was in Gone Girl. Oh, Gone God, you're doing Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike. I can never remember her. It's just Gone Girl. That's who she is. The Gone Girl got you, like, eight, you know, plus 8,500. Yeah. I think it was 14 to 1 on the night, a Golden Globes night. Oh, my the God. Comedy, uh, comedy musical lead actress. So, anything could happen. You know, we do our best, and we, we're part of several people who follow this stuff year round but it's fun for us when it gets to this point and we still don't know that is the fun that is the fun of this year i am going to absolutely rip up my ballot after five (laughs) awards unless i'm i'm five for five 
and of course, I am going to rip it up, and I don't care about it for the rest of the night. I'm not even going to say how terrible I did because I think I'm getting single digits this year, and I don't care. Last year I was perfect. This year I'm. I know going in, it's not going to work. But that's like we predict these things once a year. Like it's not our bag to predict mm-hmm. these awards. We're not the Oscarologist. Like Feinberg, he better get them all right or else. I mean, we'll, we'll tell him that next week. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But anyway, Ann Thompson, she picked uh, Angela Bassett. She stayed with Angela Bassett, so I'm going to follow uh, some great there. I, think, I don't well. think... I'm surprised you didn't go Condon. I'm surprised you're sticking Bassett, And but I thought you were going to change to Condon. I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis is winning. I did. I want her to win. I did change it to Condon, and then I changed it back. I was, I was okay. like, I want to be right about Bassett if it's still Bassett. If I was changing it from Jamie Lee Curtis, I, I think Condon is going to win, it, but I hope I'm wrong. It's, it's, I'll stay. I also like to live dangerously. <laughs> That's what this is. So I'm not changing anything. You're changing one. I yes. did try and write out our tallies here. So you're everything everywhere winning five, Elvis winning four, All Quiet and Babylon winning two. Take that, society. I am very, very similar. I am Everything Everywhere winning five, Elvis three, All Quiet two, Babylon two, and I'm a little more spread out down the card. Typically, the Oscars are somewhat spread out with many films getting one award. And I did a little stat about Babylon because everybody was giving me crap about Babylon on Twitter. And Babylon, yes, it's is it disliked by many people? Sure, but it's, it's very well liked by others. And... We have seen seven films without a Best Picture nomination winning two Oscars on the evening over the last 12 years. So seven out of the last 12 oh, wow. years. Tammy I Faye. I thought you were going to say ever. Tammy Faye, Ma Rainey's, Blade Runner, The Great Gatsby, Skyfall, Iron Lady, Alice in Wonderland. We have one of those movies being Alice in Wonderland play. won two Oscars? One of the, oh, I'm sorry. Iron Lady and Tammy Faye, those were actress something else plays i'm thinking they're both actress makeup and hair plays obviously tammy faye was i don't remember what else the iron lady one but even if it's five out of 12 if you take the acting categories out of it it's every other year it's still every other year that's pretty good but seven out of 12 is legit so babylon has i mean it, it typically happens more often than not babylon should and could win these two awards if they're favorites in vegas now I'm more. If you had to bet, score or production design being wrong, I would bet my house, your house, (laughs) and this street's worth of houses on production design going to Babylon. (laughs) Okay, so you're betting score. (laughs) Score would go elsewhere, and I I can agree with that. To me, score. I'll be honest, cinematography. I'm surprised that cinematography is as a minus one thousand favorite for All Quiet. I really, really am. I'm still not picking it. I don't blame you. I, I like that uh, Mandy Walker has more than a puncher's chance there. I just wonder if that narrative gets out. Do people do people know? I wonder about that as well. Do people know that? Or you know what I'd like to to? I have no idea how you would research this unless you're in the position of a Clayton Davis or Scott Feinberg. But like, I wonder how many people return their ballots and just fill out the top the big six or like their get whatever guild they're a part of and the best picture. You know what I mean? Like, how many half filled out ballots do you think the Academy gets? I don't know. I, I'm very curious. We see a lot of abstains on these right. on these uh, blind Oscars. Anonymous, anonymous, yeah, anonymous, anonymous. Good God. My brain is, yeah. is short-circuiting today. I'm glad it's, to, been a, it's been a long season. I'm glad we're going very quickly. <laughs> the one thing I will say, Michael, is that Diane Warren, if those odds are too good to resist, and you put $10 and it's like a, a 100 to 1, or yeah. why not? Because now they know. 
now they know she's going for you know the number 14th try on this look if she doesn't win this time like every time she gets nominated from here on out she gets a baseball bat and she gets to hit one winner in the knee (laughs) right like that's fair because she just like you can't keep inviting this poor woman (laughs) you liked i tanya didn't you I didn't understand why people were mad at Paul Walter Hauser in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's our Oscars chatter. Let's review some Scream 6 now, Michael. We uh, we sat next to each other in the theater. It was funny because I did not want to stay and watch the Evil Dead Rises. Tra- What's that Evil Dead movie? I would not watch that trailer again. It looks so good, Mike. It's so yucky. That's the one movie <laughs> I will not say. I just I you can't and do Sw- it. I talked to Swell last night about Scream 6 and about just movies in general, and she uh, also has issues with that scene. The dermatological stuff I can't handle. <laughs> I can't handle it. It's a polite way of putting Ugh. it. Ugh. That's the one. Tra- like, the first trailer I was in because they didn't have any of that stuff but the last trailer is like three separate moments. Yeah, but when she when the when the body says mommy's with the maggots now, oh my god, it's so good. It is good. I don't disagree. It's Evil Dead's got a Are you going to watch it? No, I don't want to watch it. I seriously You who watches every movie, you're going to abstain from that one? <sighs> I really You watched the first one? I really I've watched every Evil Dead and I want to abstain from this one. I really do. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to run out. I'm going to run out of the thing. Well, what's worse for my psyche? Avoiding it and just being like this and not facing my fears or actually going in there and sprinting out of the theater while I pukey on my shirt. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, this may help you and it may just ruin the, it explains a lot of about each other. So let's put it that way. Like mm-hmm. I used to actually get scared in a lot of horror movies and the the way I overcame it was just starting to think to myself like about the actual production and the technicalities I'm watching on screen as to how they created those fights. And when I like look at it from that standpoint, it's like these are actors, look at the special effects that's going on, look at the way the cameras, like when I look at it like a pundit or like a critic, it takes the sphere out of it. So maybe if you look at it and have an appreciation for the makeup that's going on, you can see that it's not actually a human being being scalped. I, I really don't follow you. You mean these are not real? What am I wa- <laughs> Like I suspend- not, not all these are documentaries. I suspend my disbelief and I- I live these movies like I'm in them, all of them. That's the only, that's why I, like those actors, that guy's name in Scream isn't actually Chad, for My example. life <laughs> stops. My crappy life stops and I get to go live in Narnia for freaking two hours. And you're telling me I should be focused on how the I'll tell you another thing. Brad Pitt didn't really kill Tex winners in the Manson family. <laughs> Who's Brad Pitt? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, we we sat down for Scream Six. We had a we had a fun time, did we not? Like this, yeah, it was, it's it's enjoyable in the theater, absolutely. So we didn't have a rowdy crowd or nothing. We no. had we had a kind of a, a silent crowd. I really didn't notice them at all. It was it was a weird crowd. I, I'm trying to remember back where we had a big fan night oh man it's in my brain and i remember it, it, the crowd didn't factor in it was packed but nobody said anything it was the weirdest thing halloween 2018 is that, the was, it. that was it that was it yes yeah. thank you yeah them being into it but yeah no there wasn't a you know it was a packed packed theater but there was no not a lot and it was on the big screen too the biggest one uh the you know whatever version of limax that that trumbull there offers 
Um, I like I like the big theater that's not necessarily an IMAX. It's still it's still bigger than your average theater. Yeah, sound is great. They call it a BTX. Mm-hmm. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna go by also Mike BTX myself from now on. <laughs> <laughs> like Esquire at the end of your name. Sure. <laughs> uh, you like this movie as a movie more than I did. I'm surprised by that because I like I think this is like a fan servicing movie, but. That that probably rankles you right now. You probably got mad at me just for saying that. But you're a super fan, and this movie gave us a lot of what we want, D- didn't they? Except in one major way that I can't talk about because it would spoil everyone's viewing experience. Right. I think, I think to we we'll have to do a spoiler section at some point somewhere under under the same moon together. Yeah. Maybe we just don't review the Oscars. Scream Six is not like the greatest movie in terms of like whodunits, and if you're a mystery fan, if you're yep, a, that that's a big part of it for me. They play a little dirty in some of the twists, I would say as well. Uh, yes, and some of the twists do work to the film's benefit. I mean, the opening kill, which you know every Scream has an opening kill. The opening kill is unlike anything we've seen in a Scream movie before, and it's really cool, and it confused you. I mean, you you were taken aback by it. I when a certain things ha- when a certain thing happens with it. I had a few guesses throughout the film, and my few guesses went in a different direction. So that was cool. I, I also had a and guess. and that's another thing. It does keep you guessing. I I I mean, as far as who you know who, the who of who done it, I was basically wrong. I was basically wrong as well. But I was the sun shined on our on our guesses at one point. Yeah, I but think, it was mostly cloudy. I think this movie is unrealistic. <laughs> You think so, huh? You don't think it should be shown in a lot of fucking uh, medical schools? It should not be shown in medical schools. So if yeah. you're if you're looking for a gritty horror film like The Silence of the Lambs, this is not it, obviously. But this was never supposed to be it, I don't think. No, but they, they did... They either got scared or they went too far. Here's, here's where I kind of can agree with you. The movie goes for some badass scenes. And they feel badass in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then something will, will happen where they undercut the badassery. Right. And when you... Th- now, if they're doing that in the hopes of... With a plan for Scream 7, which includes, hopefully, Nev Campbell coming back, I'm more willing to forgive it. But part of my disappointment with this was there's nothing really done in this movie that sets up for me in an obvious way where they're going to go to finish off this quote-unquote trilogy. And you made the point in the theater, well, who says it has to be a trilogy? And yeah, I guess that's true, but at the same time, that's the expectation with Scream, is that we were going to get three more movies at least. So I thought this could have gone in a couple different ways Mm -hmm. to play towards building up the finale of this generation's trilogy. And they chose to shy away from ways in which that could have been done. Easily. I think there's a lot of Easter eggs in here. There's a lot of fun with the quote-unquote obligatory franchise scenes. There's a lot of character development that I really enjoyed. And this movie, to me, worked as like this action horror. And I'm with it scene to scene. And I'm enjoying each sequence as it goes. But the characterization is much stronger than the overall plot, if I'm reviewing the film. Yeah, that's fair. And it's amazing how far 
medical science in the human body has come in the last two years with its ability to survive impalement through the abdomen. Yeah, but that's been since Spider-Man. I mean, that's happening. In every right. Movie. That's what I mean. That's it. I mean, that's you know, we've talked about. This is now the fourth, I think, film we're, we're alluding to that with. So the last screen movie that was used the same to mean deal. something. Yeah. The last movie was the same deal. You're right. Um, I would fear a rewatch at this moment. I'm going to do a rewatch. I would, too. I'm fearing I'm going to be even more down on it after the rewatch. I feel the exact same way. However, I'm pretty high on it after the first watch, Michael. I'm really high on it. I'm like a B plus. Yeah, yeah. I, that's. I mean, as a movie, like as a viewing experience, and this is what I tweeted. I, like, it's a really good watch. Mm. I just don't. There's a lot of things in it that take away from it being a scream movie, which works for some people. I mean, there's. I've seen a lot of people be very high on it and say, call out their favorite sequel and their favorite scream, which is great. It's just like. For me, Scream is Nev Campbell, which I'm, I don't hold points against this movie for. They should have paid her. I mean, it's ridiculous through all the money she's made for this freaking franchise, but she wants her starring pay, her starring rate. Give her her starring rate. Who cares if she's only a feature player? But regardless, Scream to me is Nev Campbell and a whodunit. We didn't have Nev Campbell. I knew that going in. This wasn't so much about the whodunit. The whodunit is not as important as the how our characters are dealing with the whodunit right and we're enjoying right. our characters a good way of I putting think, it growing and and i like this sister sister story i like the core four and and what they deal with in this movie i love the legacy characters and how they factor in so though that's six that six-way ensemble is 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 fun is fun to hang with they're a fun hang in this movie i would say and i i haven't always had that in previous franchises i mean halloween is a great example like that's Mm -hmm. they they struggled they struggled to build up the character the ensemble we hated andy matajek by the end of that trilogy (laughs) we never knew we never really knew her we never really knew her they gave the last movie before that to her mom right and we really now i would argue mm -hmm. The failing, because this movie does do such a good job in giving us more of each character's, when they don't give certain characters more of a depth, it makes it easy to kind of be like, oh, something's going on. Yeah. Right? I think the telegraphing was yeah. there, the, but they always yes. they always telegraph, they always double telegraph. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll faint in one area with a similar telegraph happening in the for the other character. Right. So they 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 do a good job. Like we like we said, we were on our toes with it. Yeah, we, we, were, were, guessing, we were guessing until the end. Which was great. We were guessing until the end. Yeah. It's a big finale. It's a big crazy finale. So I, I got And there's some cool looking kills. I got what I paid for. Yeah, I mean if yeah. you're if you want to know what it's like to kill somebody, this is a fun <laughs> movie to enjoy and and to have and to have your bloodlust go up for for it. Yeah. I agree. No, I, agree I don't with, agree with that. <laughs> no, I, I do. I do. This movie made me afraid of the kill sequences because that's what it's supposed to do. No, right, Mike? Is that what the di- the dating scene is like in New York City, by the way? Did you have a lot of experience with I, that? I could relate to this. I was a New York City college student. I could relate mm-hmm. to a lot of this stuff because it's fun being a New York City college student because you're walking the streets throughout the city and you're going into a bodega one minute and then you're and you're in a frat party the next that that felt very true to my experience. That that makes sense. And then you're kind of boxed into an apartment. It, it, it was cool. I agreed. I liked it. Okay. 
Good, good. You never went down any dark alleys on blind dates while on the phone with anyone? Well, that's being an adult in New York City. And I see. It's a different <laughs> different world. Like, um, One complaint that I cannot, and we could wrap up, but I, 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 this isn't spoiling anything, but was there not a main character who should have had wounds in the front and back of their person that didn't at the end? Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you catch that? Like, was there not somebody who was <laughs> right, who was stabbed clearly in the back and in the front and then had no show markings of it? Uh, I mean, we, we talked about it uh, in an edit and, and cleared it up. And Mike brought up a good point. And these these characters are just resilient, I guess. They have <laughs> torsos of steel. <laughs> they can take they could take a good stab and not die. Good for them. The kids these days, they're tougher than we were, Mike. <laughs> right, that's true. Life has beaten them down enough to where their organs have just turned to gelatinous mush and can form itself around an, impe- an intruding blade. They like <laughs> crimes of the future. No, one's, I, no one cares if I vaguely spoil that movie. Like crimes of the future organs. Some of them don't matter. Uh, I do have, and what we should do maybe at some point in the offseason, I have a ton of ideas of what I'd like to see happen in Seven. Um, I guess we'll have to keep tabs on that production story because it's no doubt. I mean, if this opened at forty-two million, like you said, it's probably destined for like at least one hundred and fifty. Yes, million, yes. which is going to be a huge win for Paramount. We got to come back to Scream Six, and we got to do like a segment on it. Let's just say in the yeah. future, I think there's no choice. Like we we weren't sure we were going to do this today. We kind of just it's Paramount's fault again. I mean, they need to consult with us. We don't. I, I, I don't have much. I agree, and. <laughs> What I two things I have are Scream and the Oscars, and they should not be having to deal with both in the same weekend. That's right, I agree. But yeah. you guys should listen to MMO Screams, words of wisdom today, part of them. Listen to MMO Screams; that was a good series for us. Hey, for a half hour episode, only going like fifteen minutes over, it's pretty good for us. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. We've we've done we did worse. all right. Yeah, <laughs> we've done worse, and we will do worse. And uh, for you, dear listener, we we. We're going to be worse. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoy uh, Scream 6. If you saw it this weekend, strap in. Enjoy the uncertainty that is going to be the 95th Academy Awards uh, either tomorrow or later today, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, Have no fear. Mike and I will be back doing our annual Academy Awards recap. This is the way the film year ends. Hopefully with, you know, 100% less physical assault than last year's show. We'll see. That remains to be seen. But we'll be on top of all of it. And as always, we do want to know your thoughts, not only about the Academy Awards, about the uncertainty about if you yourself are changing any of your picks and predictions for Academy Sunday but did you see Scream 6 as well let us know your thoughts and anything that we said here as well as your thoughts on any uh, comments questions or concerns you have about anything we do here in the MMO Empire as always you can leave us those on our social medias we are Mike Mike and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter Mike Mike and Oscar at gmail.com dot com and on Reddit we're available wherever you do hear podcasts if you listen to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify app uh, uh, if you would do us the favor, if you appreciate what we do here and leave us a five-star review, those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has been able to do so for us thus far. I uh, just want to give a quick shout-out. If you are listening to this on uh, on Saturday night or early Sunday morning, we're going to be on uh, Dave Nemo Weekends on Sirius 146, Sirius 146, 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central AM on Oscar Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, talking about some Oscars picks and predictions there with the fine people over the Dave Nemo Show. So check us out on Sirius Channel 146, 9.30 AM Eastern. Uh, 
Otherwise, Michael, you gave your words of wisdom. We kind of talked about what's coming next, but, uh, you know, you got more? What do you got in the chamber for us? Well, listen to Is It Worth It, the film review podcast. David Long, Craig Fields, David, we just had on the show. Craig, we've had on in the past. They've made their triumphant return. So go enjoy their comeback episode. They review some movies. They they talk some Oscars. It's, uh, it's a great comeback from them. They are uh, very honest in the opening about why they had a bit of a hiatus. But, yeah, so they were off for like nine months or so, and they, they've came back and uh, really proud of those guys. It's, it's Dave's. Dave's a great guest, so listen to yeah. anything he does. He's uh, we have fun every time we talk to him, and his episodes perform extremely well. Michael, he was he was getting some good numbers this week, so thank you guys for that as well. Uh, finally, I would say listen to Pop Culture Confidential with Christina yes. Erling Biro, where I was a guest this past week to talk about all of the big Oscar narratives in play. So if you need one last primer, you can definitely hear us discuss a lot of topics in a short amount. Of of time she is very knowledgeable she is a great interviewer i am ranting and raving and she is reining me in and uh, doing a wonderful <laughs> job but now i feel or now i can understand your pain a little bit to that extent because uh you, but you, then again you don't try you just like you, you'll just back off and then you'll hard charge in uh, i mean she yeah. was she actually uh, like gently reined me in through the interview unlike uh some people I like wild horses to run free. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's it's also an episode that should just play for a longer shelf life because we get into a lot of a lot of industry talk. So even if you listen after the Oscars, that that'll be okay too. Which I hope you do for a lot of these preview episodes because we did like forty seven of them in, in a row. So <laughs> even if you're catching up with us late, uh, hopefully it's fun to listen to our shows because we we had a blast this season, Michael. It's really been a lot of fun. Yeah, and it doesn't end. We got stuff coming up on the other side of the Oscar Sunday programming, so we'll we'll catch up on sleep at some point in the, in the summer, maybe. Guys, when reality sucks, you can come watch the Oscars with us. We will be live tweeting during them at MM and Oscar. Be sure to check us out there and interact with us. We'll have some fun. Uh, when reality sucks, you can come watch movies with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.